A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. The Record Book. Hello one and all and welcome again to Danny Kelly's Record Book podcast uh, from the mighty Game Day Network. You know the drill now and where to get it. We're always delighted when you come along uh, to hear what we have to say, uh, myself and my esteemed panel each week, about the best and worst performances of the week and the villains and the heroes that have emerged, in this case, from weekend of very little Premier League football, some Championship football and the four quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Of course, we go beyond that as well to other countries and to not just players and managers, but concepts as well. Thank you all for listening. I'm delighted to say that making um, his umpteenth appearance in succession, he's becoming the James Milner of the Danny Kelly Record Book Podcast. I'd like to say a big welcome back to Tom Rennie. Hi, Tom. That's because people think I'm boring, but actually I'm great fun. (laughs) And uh, making his debut um, on the podcast, about time too, I would say, and sharing uh, with me at least one um, fantastic thing, and it isn't red hair. It is being a Spurs fan. Delighted to say Dave Kitson is here as well to bring us the professional point of view. Hi, Dave. Thank you very much. And I am boring and not much fun. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure that either of you will prove to be so boring during the next 40 minutes. And you know the rules. If you are, you won't be back. It's as simple as that. Walker with a high cross into the penalty area, and a penalty has been given to Manchester City, has it? Jesus was pushed inside the penalty area. Lee Mason very quickly blew the whistle and the penalty has been given to Manchester City. De Bruyne happy to wait. He steps up and he makes absolutely no mistake for Aston Villa. It is yet another game which has slipped away here at Villa Park. Another home defeat and they remain in the relegation zone. The the scheduling is ridiculous. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're trying to get the season finished but four games in 11 days is ridiculous and... You know, it's not much of a spectacle anyway without the supporters and without the atmosphere. Well, let's try and start with something negative, as we often do. The worst performance of the week. And Dave, you're the new boy um, and we want to hear more of your voice. So what is your, what for you has been the worst performance of the week? I did the commentary on this today. Arsenal against one of my former teams, Sheffield United. Arsenal were absolutely abysmal for 25 minutes. Yeah. It was really Difficult to see. Say what that they again, were Tottenham to fan do. Dave Kitson. What's your opening topic? We'll come on to Tottenham oh. and indeed West Ham. If there's time. If there's time, and there will be. Um, but Arsenal were. were uh, uh, incidentally, ab- Tom, I'm in full agreement so far with everything he said. I can Absolutely. sense you're nodding from here. Listen, yeah. this is how you get called back. All right. This is. Basically, the way it goes. I've learned. I have learned a few things in this in in this industry. But they were so bad, Arsenal. They were they were absolutely appalling. Didn't they win? They did win. They did win. I'm coming. I'm coming on to this. Um, But it's all very well if you're Mikel Arteta and you're coming from Manchester City and you've got the players. But I said it in the commentary. How many players would you take from Arsenal to Manchester City to try to do what Mikel Arteta is doing? 
and the answer maybe is Aubameyang, and he was on the bench. They were, they were honestly, they were ghastly, and I don't use that word very often, mainly because I don't know what it means and I can't spell it. <laughs> but Sheffield United should have won that game. They really should have. Um, but, but they have been trumped. I don't like using that word either. No. Mm-hmm. Can you spell it? No, not at all. But they have been trumped by the game that took place at the Tottenham Stadium between West Ham and Spurs. And I've oh. got to, I'm have got. i going to just throw this over to Tom and say they're both, all, they're both as bad as each other at the moment, but relatively speaking. And I want to ask you, Tom, who is the worst given so what Hold is, on, hold on a bit. You started expected. by talking about Arsenal being rubbish and now you want to segue into West Ham being rubbish. Yeah. Why are you just digging everyone out here? You're well, meant no, to be I'm a nice Spurs guy, Dave. Fan. I'm a Spurs fan and I'm going to start by being popular on the show by digging out Arsenal and West Ham in one foul swoop. Well, Tom, Tom to, be, to be fair, regardless of the result, that game between Spurs and West Ham oh. was awful. Yes, yeah, but thank you. What were people expecting of a game between Jose Mourinho and David Moyes being played in 2020? 15 years after both men peaked in their careers. I still don't know what Dave's worst performance of the week is. I thought West Ham were pretty poor. Yeah. And I also think they're going to survive. Such is the paucity of talent at the bottom of this league. I think Watford could easily be one of the worst performances this week. They were dreadful against Burnley and worse against Southampton. I'll deal with that. Bournemouth yeah. could be one of the worst performances this week. Norwich in their Premier League game against Everton and their FA Cup game against Man United. Atrocious. Uh, and West Ham, look... They aren't going to win many games. They aren't going to win many games because they've got seven number 10s in the squad and the one they pick is Mark Noble, who's not a number 10. (laughs) So, you know, they ain't going to score many goals. They're a very poor side. I think if they do stay up, it'll be because everyone else is just woeful. Um, I think without without risking of putting words in his mouth, Dave Kitson was trying to say that the worst performance at the moment is the bottom five. Um, And it is amazing how Brighton's one win against Arsenal... Um, they, 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 they are now soaring above the rest of the teams at the bottom of the table um, and Aston Villa well Ugh. that's another story isn't it as I said uh, the other day I could watch Jack Grealish pass control and pass a football all day but unfortunately he's playing a competitive sport we're just looking absolutely brilliant and don't blame him of course thank you for bringing us that Dave that the, the bottom five are the worst performance of the week. But there is a salutary warning from history, as they used to say, certainly from the Bundesliga and its uh, environs, Hmm. um, of what can happen if you, no matter how big a club you are, if you do get relegated. And I have to say, without prejudging issue, I love this as worst performance of the week. Go on. This is amazing, this, right? So those that don't know Hamburg, uh, and if you do know Hamburg, you probably won't tell the wife about it. uh, But if you know anything about the club, Uh, They were champions in Germany, 1923, 28, 1960, 79, 82, 83. They were European Cup winners in 1983. They are massive as a club. So I don't think there is really a comparison to an English club. It's almost as if Nottingham Forest and Leeds combined and had a rubbish baby. Uh, Because they got relegated three years ago, right? And they're now in the second tier of German football. And they've struggled. They've laboured to try and get back to the top tier for two seasons. This year, Leeds United esque they were on the yeah. cusp of doing it uh, on the final day of the season they played a side who i'd never heard of before this is on saturday and they were called sandhausen i don't know who sandhausen are i thought that was a brand of trainers uh, that's who hamburg played at home mind to get themselves up hamburg lost when they only yeah. needed a draw they lost 5-1 
They got beaten 5-1 at home when just one point from their final two games of the season, because they lost a game in midweek as well, would have got them promotion, and they ended up finishing fourth. It was an extraordinary effort, but hopefully, uh, Tom, both I and TalkSport will be the beneficiary of this. I don't know if you know the story, but Mm. when I was doing Trans-Europe Express and they got relegated, of course, Hamburg were very proud of the fact that they had never been relegated. And they had this very large... Um, digital clock in the stadium. I mean, it's 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 forty foot long, um, which showed the years, the months, the uh, days, the hours, and the seconds they've been in the Bundesliga and before that the top league of the old German league uh, in West Germany. And they were very proud of this. And when they got relegated, of course, there was no need for it anymore. And I wrote a letter to the club offering to buy it um, in the hope that I could have it in the studio for Trans-Europe Express. Now, I, I'm not saying the Hamburger are a rude club, but I didn't even get the courtesy of a reply. When they didn't come up again last year, I renewed my efforts to buy the clock, although my offer, I must say, was much lower this time. Um, And again, not a reply uh, from the port city of Hamburg. But surely now, when they realise that they are now Ipswich Town style, marooned away from what they would have considered their natural home in, in the years to come, they will send me and sell me for very, very cheap indeed. Um, the big Hamburg clock. I really hope so. But you're right. It's an amazing performance this week to not get the one point they need to see them back inside. I mean, inside. you've got to watch the goals as well, Danny. They're so fun. The fifth one, I mean... Fifth, a, the, the fifth in the, one. In the fifth goal. So it goes 2-0 <laughs> to the away side. They pull one back with a penalty. They concede another, then another. And at that point, you know what it's like when a team are just beaten, defeated, dejected. It's awful. And there were still 15 minutes remaining. And the fifth one, it's a corner that gets turned back in. The centre-half slips over, the goalkeeper misses it and the centre forward puts it in in fact it wasn't the centre forward, I'll tell you this this was from a guy called Archie Rintut who knows right across the Bundesliga, the guy who scored is a guy called Dennis Diekmeyer this defender has gone over 200 Bundesliga games without scoring for Hamburg and he's he is infamous. the man he's infamous. and he now has moved to Sandhausen from Hamburg <laughs> and scored the fifth goal having not scored for them in 200 games. Because we're getting to the, towards the end of this section I've not managed to get my worst performance of the weekend, I'm going to overrule this um, and come roaring in with um, Steve Bruce and Newcastle United in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Now, I know that Manchester City are an amazing team and they get called a machine and all the rest of it. But if I, I say it a million times, Dave, and I'm sure you've got all kinds of coaching qualifications. Danny Kelly's, so, golden, Danny Kelly's golden rule of tactics is if you line up on the edge of your box against a very good team, um, you are not defending your goal. You are just waiting to be killed. <laughs> You're just standing there waiting for the firing squad to line up, load, aim, fire, bang, you're gone. And I know people are going about, what about if uh, if Dwight and Gale had stuck in that chance? No, they, were, they, they, they invited everything they got. And I'll tell you what it is. Steve is about, you know, we're a similar sort of vintage, myself and Steve. And we remember when teams could play for nil-nil draws and perhaps snatch a one-nil win. The offside rule has completely changed. The tackle from behind rule has completely changed. Everything about the game has completely changed. George Graham um, wouldn't recognise the modern game. And as for the Italian teams who inspired uh, these defensive tactics in England... They, they just wouldn't have been out to survive today. And for Newcastle to go out there in front of 11 fans, um, <laughs> the substitutes, and put on a performance like that, I just thought it was shocking. Mm. Better to lose, better to stand up on your feet and be prepared to lose 3-0 than to, to, to kneel down on the edge of the box and just gradually let them grind you into dust. It was awful. George Graham, um, 
won the league in that in the, exactly the same way. I seem yeah. to recall one nil to the Arsenal. Mm. And no one moaned about it then. I'm not saying Newcastle are going to win the league. Manchester City are that much better. Um, but what do you want to do? But I mean, you'll you'll get used to this as Spurs men because you know what happens. It's the Mourinho thing, isn't it? You can play awful, but as long as you win, it's all right. If Newcastle beat Man City today, when they'd done it under Rafa Benitez, would they have 18% possession or less? Yeah, well, you mentioned... Everyone lauded Rafa as some sort of genius. Yeah. It was an appalling performance. It was atrocious. Yeah, no, it they had, so they, se- they had They had 17-1-7% oh. um, today in the first half. Now, look... I would kind of say that's terrible for the home team. I think home team, away team, shmeem these days. It doesn't mm. mean anything without crowds, even with cardboard crowds. About much more later on in the show. Um, but no, you just you just cannot set your team up like that. I'd say. I mean, I said the the. the the back pass rule was critical to the way teams used to defend. You didn't have to win the ball. You only had to get level with the attacker and get it back to your goalkeeper, who then wasted two and a half minutes poning about um, with a ball at his feet in the penalty area. And I used to actually quite admire the Italian teams who did this and the English teams who did it as well, but not anymore. So, Dave Kitson, you're, you're newest to the firm, so you'll get first go. Having heard the tremendous erudite um, expositions are the worst performance of the week. Is it the teams in the bottom five? Is it Hamburg, perhaps the comedy turn of the weekend? Or is it Newcastle United lining up to get themselves tonked by Manchester City? No, it's not Newcastle because Newcastle did what they had to do. They beat, they beat Sheffield United. They got themselves the points that they needed. Um, and I, th- I think we can all see the below Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle on 39 points now. That was a huge, that was the game they had to put everything into. It wasn't the Man City game. You're never going to go, right, we're going to go all out to try and get the points off Man City. So who is your worst performance of the week, Dave? Um, I think Watford will be tremendously disappointed with what they with, with the sort of performance. Well, hang on, they're not part of the. They weren't. They weren't nominated. Despite, just sound going bottom I, five. I, I despise West Ham. Say it. Ham. Say just the words. Going bottom five. Bottom five. Bottom five. If you want me to pick a team, no, I want you to say I'm no. going bottom five. No, I'm not going bottom five. <laughs> if you want me to pick, a, if you want me to pick a right. team, I'm going he to doesn't say. Doesn't understand how this program no, works. No, I'm going to say Bournemouth. I'm going to say Bournemouth. Okay, brilliant. We'll take it. Right. So Tom, that means you've got a free run at this. Okay. What's your worst performance of the week? Bournemouth. <laughs> okay. And um, I, 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 much as I've enjoyed Hamburg, I will make Bournemouth our worst Hooray! performance of the week. Watford nil, Southampton one, and Danny Ings hasn't been affected by the long layoff, clearly from lockdown. This is a glorious goal. Just drifted inside to the edge of the D before curling one beyond Ben Foster. Extremely happy of where I am, um, you know, with the, the goals tally so far. And if I can keep scoring goals for the team, you know, that's that's going to be big for, you know, the remainder games now. Now a run from Johnny into the penalty area, and he's been found. Dandonka with a shot on the turn, and it's an excellent finish from Leander Dandonka. And Wolves take the lead, and Aston Villa's defensive concentration was broken there. Um, let's move on to the performance of the week. I'll start, if I may, um, and I'm hoping um, that Dave, uh, as a former striker, will, will see more sense in this nomination. Um, Danny Ings... I mean, dear Terrible. God, I, th- I, yeah, I know, he's useless, isn't he? Absolutely useless. Um, I mean, I never quite understood why Liverpool bought him, but then I'm not um, a professional football coach. I don't see the things. I remember when Manchester United bought Dwight York's play up front. I thought, what the hell is that about? Of course, the following season, he got about 170 goals. <laughs> but Danny Ings, 
Um, today against a, you know, a Watford team shorn of some of their players because of party antics, shall we say, although the word antics in the middle of a pandemic do not strike me as being appropriate. Um, what I will say is his 20th and 21st goals of the season. It's a team game. He has not carried Southampton on his back to those 40 points. And trust, uh, which of us thought when they got beat 9-0 mm. um, at home to Leicester that they would ever get any, get 14, never mind 40 points. But that's what they now have. Um, he's, he's all right. He, get, he takes penalties and, and, and all of that. But I think uh, two things about him. One, um, that, that all those goals are clearly the difference between Southampton staying up and staying down, whether it's a team game or not. And to me as well, I always test footballers and football teams on, I think anyone can do it with the home crowd screaming you on. How do you do away from home? And he has got 10. Um, he's the first player to get, actually got 11 now. He's the first player to get more than 10 goals away from home in the Premier League this season. And I don't have any hesitation mm. in saying that he's two goals today against Watford, albeit, as I say, a team no doubt in turmoil is the performance of the week. Yeah. Um, and, he, and afterwards, he talks about the game. Um, as I was like somebody who has missed such a huge chunk of it through injury, he talks about it with you know clarity and enthusiasm. I like the Ings a lot. He's uh, a bit like the reason why so many people love Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mark Noble. It's because he's playing for his hometown boyhood club as well, which people love. And the fact he's gone there and been a massive success. And what I like about it as well is that I remember doing the show whenever it was, they lost 9-0 months and months and months ago. And we were yeah. all saying, Harsen Hootel is rubbish, he's useless, he's got to go. Uh, yeah, I was doing a, a show on TalkSport with Alex Crook, who covers the South Coast, and he was like, I've got to say that Southampton are getting relegated, and I think he's got to go, he's going to go, he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking to myself, if he goes, I'll take him at West Ham tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a proper organised, proper coach who doesn't mess around. A serious person who he's shown this season he's happy to bomb players out. He's also happy to find a way to negotiate them coming back in on his terms. And there's been times this season where Danny Ings has been injured and he knows without Ings, we ain't going to win. Yeah. But he thinks, well, hold on a minute. If we lose Danny Ings for five games, we're finished. So Ings has come to him and said, I'm 95% fit and he's got 95%, then you don't play. Mm-hmm. We do not Sorry, take can any chances with you. I'm, I'm just to, to further enhance Danny Ings' reputation, I can't even read my own handwriting. Of course, he's the player in the Premier League with the most goals without taking penalties. Yeah. Ward Prowse takes the penalties, doesn't he? Um, and so the uh, the Ings has got more goals uh, not from a penalty spot than anyone else as well. Tom, why don't you tell us um, who your performance of the week was? Uh, my performance of the week are the people that were working at Ellen Road who spotted that Osama Bin Laden was in the crowd. Um, they're doing this brilliant... I'd never heard this word before, crowdies. Uh, so I know. I'm not sure I like it. I, I'm still on the fence about how I feel about it. Yeah. But I, now I've, I've been saying a lot, you know those cardboard cutout fans, what they've got? I'm glad they've yeah. found a way to... You know, make it. You know the way the Germans always create a word with four hundred letters in it, and it's yes. like, oh, oh, th- that concept. Yeah, we call it shahad, and it's like, yeah, okay, fine, we got it. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, like shout Friday kind of things. Yeah, well, yes. So crowdies, and the reason the Osama bin Laden one I thought was quite amusing, right? Because they've had loads of celebrities. So Joe Exotic of Tiger King fame was actually in the crowd for the Leeds game against Fulham this weekend, uh, and there was like Chris Kamara. There was a great tribute to Norman Hunter and Trevor Cherry as well. Yes. Sadly passed away since like Leeds' last home game and all that. But I imagine this happening this week. There's two blokes. We're going to call them Jeremy and Dave. And they're the guys that put these cardboard crowdies in their seats. And they're putting these in. They've been printed off. They haven't been responsible for printing these things off. And they're putting them into the seats. And one of them goes, hey, Dave. Dave. Yes, Jeremy. 
Dave, Dave, is this is this Osama bin Laden? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't, mean, I don't know. It can't be. It can't be that someone must have checked it. It can't be. You can't say that. It's, there's no way it is. No, I'm telling you. Get the supervisor on the phone, Dave. That is Osama bin Laden. We can't allow that to happen. And they left it. They got it out before the game, I believe. Uh, but they left it for at least a, li- a long enough for someone to take a picture of it and make it go viral. And I just love that conversation <laughs> because they put it down. And I'm not sure without thinking about it. And this is how, like, Harold Shipman has got into crowds in, like, New Zealand Rugby Union and the horrible killers have been in the crowd. Because yes. how can you check 10,000 pictures? Like Roy Keane eating uh, an ice cream in the Nile Forest game. Am I, am, yeah. am I not right in thinking that uh, Osama bin Laden's an Arsenal fan? When, when he was living in London, the team he used to go and see. Now, I'm not saying he was necessarily had an Arsenal tattoo or anything, but he used to go to the old Highbury to watch football. Um, so not only was that inappropriate that he was there at Ellen Road, it was also inaccurate. We can't Stand that. No. The only the only thing about it, I mean, I'm glad Leeds won because otherwise that little tiny story would have got blown up and it would have overshadowed the fact that they were paying tribute to two. Actually, um, I, I'm a bit yeah. older than both of you two, but two really good footballers in Trevor Cherry and the legendary Norman Hunt. Yeah, that was nice, yeah, wasn't it? That was cool. That was, I think yeah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah. No, actually, that's yeah. when it works well. Are the teams missing out on something here as well? I want to see away fans as well. Yes, because yeah, particularly, exactly. Think, but, you know, so, there's only going to be a couple of hundred of them in some, some of these games. You could easily have, you know, every single person from the away team who would have gone to the game can be represented in cardboard form. That's very I true. Want, I want to see those dyed-in-the-wool away fans um, represented behind, usually, and of course, they have to put the cardboard uh, either very high up in the main stand behind the pillars so they can't see, or the most expensive <laughs> seats in the stadium behind one of the goals That's in the corner. That's a very, very good point. God, my God. Imagine, is it, imagine 10,000 Dave Kitsons behind the... Oh, yeah, we can make I don't that happen. Think even I could score. Oh, man. I mean, they've Horrendous. done it. They've done it cool in some other places. I did want to mention Forrest as well, who had uh, Stuart Pearce, Stan Collymore in the crowd. You know, players that play for the club, but also Brilliant. they had uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in the crowd. An actual Where's Wally was in the crowd Proper as well. At Forrest. Goers. Proper football goers, yeah. Wally. See, many a Wally at the football. Now you got him in the crowd at Forest. I thought it was great. And I love the crowdies. And all the Premier League clubs doing these stupid sheets. It's so awful that he's done these massive, like, tarpaulins. And you think, no. Yeah. They no. already nailed it. And Leeds have copied what Gladback did. Forest have done it. It looks awesome. Yeah, we get yeah, good yeah. content yeah. out of it. I agree. Do that. Yeah, Don't try yeah. and have a better idea when someone's Absolutely. had a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and Dave, then, if uh, you want to add to the gaiety of the nation here, what is your performance of the week? Oh, I'm going to be very boring, actually. Best performance. And I have to say, I think there's a guy here that's actually coming good, um, which I wish he hadn't for, for for the team because I really don't like them at all. But Martial at Manchester United, that as a hat-trick mm. is very, very decent. Is very, very decent indeed. And it, the fact that it came against one of my ex-teams uh, annoyed me even even more so this is a begrudging performance of the week um i don't like it but there was one particular finish the scoop where i just thought "Mm, this do you know what that is the sign of a guy who actually is coming into not form but into a part of his career where he's beginning to look like the real deal because he's taking that's some it. serious stick, isn't he? Like that's people it. have said, he don't doesn't move. He's not a centre forward, but he got rested for the Norwich with. game, didn't he, at the weekend? Because he's so important to the Premier League team. Th- now. There's some of that I agree with. I, I think his work rate could be much better. I think his his um, uh, his awareness 
of where the ball is and where he needs to run could be much better. But, you know, you're talking about a guy that three months ago, Roy Keane had sold. You know, if, it, if Roy Keane were in charge of the Man United team, they wouldn't have a team. He's at Forest with an ice cream now. They'd, yeah, so. well, they'd, be, they'd, they'd be playing. Yeah, exactly. Loved they'd, his ice cream. They'd be, they'd be playing five aside football. First ever crack in his arm at ice cream, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, honestly, Roy Keane yeah. is amazing. We now know that we could take Roy Keane because he, he licks an ice cream. Yeah. He's there. He's soft. Uh, do you, David, let me ask you a question, though. Again, has Anthony Marshall had the best part of six years at Manchester United? That's pretty good going for a player who you could say has never been 100% established first team. Yeah, no, I've got it here. It's, I mean, to be honest, I thought it was better than this, actually. I really did when I, when I came up with this. It's, six, it's 67 goals in 211 games and 34 assists. So basically, one in something happens, you know, every, every other game with, with, with Martial. 19 this season, which is by far and away his best for United. And don't forget... He has been through some atrocious United teams. Yeah. He's had to spearhead that in that number fair. nine. That is he, very he, fair. He's had some awful teams to deal with. And, and managers that, I've got to be honest, haven't known when to play him. They played him on the left. They played him on the right. They played him in the 10. They played him at nine. He's a guy, right, do you know what? Let's get the players around you and just play as a number nine and show us what you can do. And he is finally starting to show what he can do. So I'm going to stick with it. I know it's an obvious thing to do, considering he scored a hat-trick. Yeah. I actually think this may be the making of the man. All right, but there's our three choices. We've got uh, Danny Ings uh, having a quite prodigious season for uh, Southampton. Anthony Martial having certainly his best season, you could argue, for Manchester United and playing in a better team. And making the team better as well, or crowdies, the cardboard <laughs> cutouts um, of the people who love to watch their team each week but can't go along now, and one or two interlopers. Uh, shall we say no more than that about the figure of, for instance, Osama bin Laden? Um, David, first last time, Tom. Um, I'm always very uh, keen for the guests to have their go. Are you sticking with crowdies as the performance of the week? No, I think Danny Ings, man. Got to be Danny Ings. I think that, uh, firstly, I love Watford getting beaten. That was great. I enjoyed that immensely. I was worried because they should have beaten Burnley or Southampton this week and didn't do it. Uh, I love a hometown lad scoring. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, and I've got to give it to him. I think he's amazing. Oh, no, well, I'm not going to change my mind either. It's Danny Ings for me. And as I say, um, it, it, partly because he's such an example of when the game just keeps on kicking you over and over again, uh, in the backside, you can, you're can you still allowed to stand up and say, no, I'm going to do this, and he did. Which, um, I'm afraid, Dave, makes your uh, view um, rather irrelevant, but can you make it three out of three? You're going for Danny Ings? Actually, Tom has, talk, has talked me into this. I think, you know, Man United against Sheffield United, yeah, it's a big hat-trick, but Danny Ings today, and given the consistency of a, of a strike, I mean, how many, if he was at the top level, we we probably wouldn't even be purring over him. We'd just say, yeah, that's mm. to be expected. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, this guy is down in 13th position and carrying that team with his goals. And two more today in a big, big game. That was a big game. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. And I'm going to agree. I've got to say Danny Ings. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Full time here at Ellen Road, Leeds United 3, Fulham 0. I'm not sure what's happening with Mitrovic because Mitrovic is, he was on the line yesterday where he should have got sent off against Ben White. And you know, he's 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 definitely trying to elbow him. Ceballos takes over, goalkeeper's come out and Ceballos has won it through the legs of Henderson and into the net. And Danny Ceballos in the first minute of added time has surely steered Arsenal into the FA Cup semi-final with a dramatic goal right at the very end. You're listening to Danny Kelly's Record Book podcast here. Um, get all the good podcast outlets, if that's the right phrase for it, by going to uh, the game day um, set of podcasts and you can pick it up there and we're very glad that you've done so which takes us on to our villain of the week so we're working up to the hero of the week a little later um, villain of the week um, these are I'm, I'm really enjoying I think some very enjoyable things here um, why don't you why don't I go first this time I think because uh, uh, look I am actually a great fan of Alexander Mitrovic of Fulham um, I think he's a, a really, really good striker. I do not begin to understand why he's still at Fulham mm. unless it is some of the things he gets up to. Now, quite apart from him coming back from the uh, lockdown period, totally unrecognisable as himself, um, suggesting that post his playing career, he could easily have a, a further um, professional life as a spy um, because he's obviously a master of some kind of disguise. Mm. Alexander comes back um, and, you know, this is, a, this is a, a big game against Leeds. Fulham need to get something out of that game at Ellen Road in order to, um, you know, cement... Uh, a promotion challenge that's in danger of fizzling out. Maybe more about that later. But what he did to Ben White, and I know this podcast is supposed to be light-hearted, but I, and I um, regret the lack of tackling and hard men in the game as it's drifted towards virtual non-contact. But I, as a human being, that's me as a football fan. As a human being, what he did to Ben White in the first ninety seconds of that game was just, I just. It's unforgivable. So he does it with his elbow, right? So it's uh, White clears it and Mitrovic just runs into him for no reason off the ball and clatters him. Ben White heads the ball clear and Mitrovic, you know, deciding I'm going to make a mark on this fella early in the game. um, Wait a minute. Ben is still following the flight of the ball. So... And the most dangerous thing of all, he's not even looking um, at the side of uh, of Mitrovic because Mitrovic is four or five yards away from the action. 
and he just runs elbow first straight into the side of Ben White's head. Um, now, clearly it was a red card, but um, somehow in the championship, um, and maybe that's why it's the best league in the world, uh, no action was taken. I suspect that our friends um, in the FA will have something to say about this. He'll get a minimum, I think, of a three-game ban. They may even find some reason why it's worse than that. Because it was uh, not only was it you know uh, not a football move, it was it was downright mm. dangerous what he did to him. And here is where the villain of the week is also accompanied by a natural piece of heroics. Ben White got up, didn't make a scene. Mm. I was astonished, Dave Kitson, that twenty minutes afterwards um, there hadn't been a single foul on Mitrovic, and nobody had um, <clears throat> reminded him of his mm. responsibilities. Um, but Ben White then picked himself up got the centre forward up, stuck him in his hip pocket and kept him there for the rest of the game, which is a pretty good riposte, I think. But Mitrovic, uh, you know, anyone who knows anything about anything knows he's a, he's a blinking good striker. Um, and part of that is his aggression. But that was, even for my old-fashioned taste, that was way beyond the pale. Where Do you remember it was Ben Thatcher against uh, <gasps> oh, Mendes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah against Mendes. Do you on a yeah. scale, so bear in mind that's a 10. Yeah, okay. Where are we on the scale with this? Um, if I was doing it, I would say a five-game ban. Um, he didn't in the end. I mean, obviously Mendes was, was, was knocked out and all the rest of it. Yeah. Ben White was, luckily for Alexander Mitrovic, um, fit enough to get up and, as I say, place his opponent in, safely inside the waistcoat pocket for the rest of the game. Um, but I think the intent, if not the outcome, is definitely worth a five-game ban. Um, and uh, he was very lucky boy that he didn't really, really hurt him. Tom, you mm. want to uh, take on one of the greatest institutions in the global game? Yes. Um, the FA Cup. Um, oh I've got to tell you that I thought these were the worst quarterfinals I can remember. Um, and there are mitigating circumstances, of course, the no fans, the long break and all that. And I accept all that. And so some might say it's kind of harsh. But I take it back to when the negotiations were happening about when we were going to bring football back. And there is a clear window here where we could have played our Premier League and Championship games, ended the season because we've just made up the end date, and then had the quarterfinals, semifinals and final together at the end of the season, which, as you know, Danny, is something I push for a long, long time. Find a window for the FA Cup when it's the only thing on. And then we got to these games. Manchester United are playing so, so many games of football. They made six changes. Chelsea make a whole bunch of changes. Um, Arsenal have star players on the bench. Everyone's resting players. They're resting players because they've got four Premier League games in 10 days. And so they don't want to risk those players. There was no reason why this couldn't have happened at the end of the season. We get the Premier League title out of the way. There's two weeks in the calendar. And then we do uh, quarterfinals, semifinals and final. Add to that. We did extra time in the game between Norwich and Manchester United. No one that loves the game wanted to see any more of that game. We should have gone straight to penalties. It did my head in. And then in the Man United game, they made five changes because of the fast now of you can make five changes because, oh, it's a different season. And what if the players get tired, you know, you doing make, their jobs? You could have made six in the semi-finals. Well, they Sorry, made, the quarterfinals. They made a sixth. You could make six, couldn't you? They did make a sixth. Man United, Martial... Dave yeah. Kitson's favourite, came on in extra time. So Man United yeah. had more players 
uh, that started the game off the field, then on the field at the end of it. Tom, it's a joke. Tom, Tom, come in so off Tom, the ledge. Let me, let me, let me, sorry, let me just very quickly before Dave. Let me just, so, Tom, your uh, villain of the week is not the FA Cup per se, but the failure of the football authorities to do what you say. Yes, exactly. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. I have been speaking truth to power for years on this. You've been Just spitting raw truth. Just listen to me. I'm telling you, play the FA Cup on its own, in its own window in the calendar, get the strongest 11s. Everybody made a whole bunch of changes because they're cramming in all these games. There is not one good reason why the FA Cup is being played now. And not only that, one of the games, it basically clashed with the FA Cup game. And so the Watford League game was in the midst of the Chelsea-Leicester game in the FA Cup. So we've got a whole weekend of empty slots and two of the games clashed. <laughs> it's pathetic. Just drives me mad. I can't stand it can't and me, it shouldn't be allowed. If you don't come in off the ledge, yeah. who's going to talk me down? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't be responsible for both of you. Yeah. Um, so that's the FA Cup, or at least the FA's re- refusal to make D- Tom Rennie their honorary president. Um, <laughs> your, 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 um, your villain of the week, um, Dave, is perhaps on the surface a bit more small fry, but I think you're, you're, you're pressing on something here, something proper. Go on. No, I've changed it. <laughs> it's Bournemouth Excellent now, is it? News. It is Bournemouth. Yeah, this, is, this is working very well. This is breaking well news. I've changed it. I like to keep everybody on their toes. Right. So your villain of the week is? My villain of the week is me. Right. And the reason is I am going to defend Ryan Fraser. Which Whoa. is with you. There you go. So you were listening okay. to last week's show, is I what listened. you're telling us. So Tom said, this is how the show works. This is last week's. There's no evidence you actually did learn anything from that, though. No, I didn't learn anything, but I <laughs> listened very, to it. Very exciting that you've invented your own time machine to go back to last week's show. Yeah, very no, good. I did my research, let well, it be said. Fire away, then. Uh, and I, you know, I've heard Ryan Fraser being called a disgrace and mm. this and that and the other. That was Paul, though, to be fair. I think Paul called Paul. him a disgrace. And I will say that I love Paul and I've worked with Paul. He's, and a, he's lovely a very man. Lo- He is a lovely a lovely, lovely fella. However, Ryan Fraser has the potential here to make his financial situation fabulous. And not just for him, but for his family and his friends and whatever else. Will Ryan Fraser be remembered as the guy who stuck with Bournemouth and kept them up by anybody outside of the 10,000 people who go and watch Bournemouth? And I'm going to say the answer is no. In fact, I know the answer is no. No one will care. Even people in Bournemouth will forget in time. Do you think any club that might offer a contract to Ryan Fraser would even take into account the fact he didn't play in these games? Would any club go, wouldn't care he's not loyal or anything less. like that? They Nobody. will not they care less. Not care less. Ryan Fraser has the chance here to make himself... Listen, I don't know what Ryan Fraser's personal... You know, he, He's been with the club in League 2, League 1, mm. Championship, I think something of that ilk into the Premier League doesn't mean that he's going to be able to retire into the sunset Mm. but with the next contract he certainly will Mm. that isn't going to be at Bournemouth by any stretch of the imagination Mm. I don't understand why any player plays in the last two years of their contract then Mm. just sit it out Um, but you know uh, we're here to pick our villain of the week and it is a choice between um, what would have been in a pub a common assault by Alexander Mitrovic um, (laughs) the, the FA's refusal to take up the Rennie plan um, for the world's oldest cup competition, or, um, d- well, Me. Dave Kitson for defending the indefensible. <laughs> um, 
And I'm voting for Kitson here. Yeah. He is yep. my villain of the week. Kitson gets it for me. You are a villain in so many ways. I hope no one thinks that we're um, trying to defend Ryan Fraser here because Tottenham looks like his likely destination uh, to earn these untold <laughs> millions that, of which he is so deserving. <laughs> Listen, it's a great club. I, I do like Steve. I've always liked him for years and years. Um, and, you know, when he asked me to help, it was natural. But we're a long way from safe. And make no mistake. You know, we can't just kid ourselves and, and, and put everything away. We've got to really graph these seven games. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Against Leicester, we played pretty well. and managed to get a point right at the end of the game. The last two games, we've put the result at threat through us not performing as well as we should do, and that needs to be addressed pretty quickly. Jordan Garrett getting a red card. There was a massive melee after a few hard tackles, all the players piling in on each other, and Garrick just round the corner, put a little slide jab on one of the uh, Luton players. Good to end the show on a positive note to our hero of the week. Um, I'm going to start because um, I suspect I'm going to get very short shrift for this uh, from Dave Kitson. Um, I've worked with him. It's not me, is it? I, I know him. No, no. Um, my hero of the week, it could have been Jamie Curriton at 45 years of age, signing yet another football contract, this time with Enfield Town. Um, I think, literally, I think the 25th club of either professional <laughs> or semi-professional that he signed for. And he just looks, and I think he's on the coaching staff at Arsenal these days as well, but he just looks so pleased signing on. But it's another footballing oldie I'm going for. Brace yourself, Dave. Mm. The return of Neil Warnock. Now, I, 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 to say that Neil Warnock is a Marmite character, to say that he's a barcode character, you either love him or hate him, I don't think that's true. I think most people hate him. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the product has been invented yet that has the love on its side. It's just a but hate I, product. I have worked with Neil... Um, when he was at between jobs, shall we say, he came in, did some breakfast shows with me here at Talk Sport, and um, I don't, I mean, I found it pretty refreshing the fact that he says what he thinks. Um, whether or not um, I would like, I would spend six months with him telling me at every opportunity exactly what he thinks. <laughs> whether I'd still find it so glorious, I don't know. But what I do know is that in the championship, that bloke, and that's what he is, that bloke knows how to put together a team. First of all, it doesn't get beat, and secondly, it finds a way to win. Yeah. And sure enough, Middlesbrough, um, and of course, I love Jonathan Woodgate. He scored the winning goal the last time Spurs won anything. Correct. Yes, yeah, Tom, yeah, it was yeah. a long, long time ago. And Robbie Keane, one of my great heroes for both Spurs and the Republic, um, with the management team there, but they were literally making a hames of it. They were, mm, it, yeah, it was a horrible thing to watch what's happening at Middlesbrough. Along comes Neil. He puts the five most attacking players at the club up front, and you know what's coming next. He plays direct football yeah. after the game. Um, uh, one journalist said, well, that was very good, Neil, because previously there had only been one win in 14. And he said, now it's one in one, son, and walked away. <laughs> and I, 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 I know he gets on people's nerves, but he's my, he's my hero of the week. Dave Kitson, I hand over to you. Oh, you've left me, you've just left me one right in my lap, which yeah. is fantastic, because the obvious thing to say is what was Jonathan Woodgate left with from an old manager of mine? Tony, Tony Bulis. Ah. I'll tell you what we're going to do, lads. The first thing we're going to do is get rid of this Traore chap, because <laughs> yeah. he can't run. 
good decision, Tony. Well done, pal. If if you if you miraculously travelled back in time in the time machine that you invented to go back to last week's show, and I offered you three years of professional footballer, Dave. Now and you're fully fit, but you could have Tony Pulis or Neil Warnock as your manager. Who do you choose? Oh, it's the lesser of two evils, isn't it? But uh, if I'd I managed to survive Tony Pulis by by the skin of my teeth. Um, and Neil did try to sign me, in fairness, when, when he was at QPR, and that was a big mistake of mine. I should have signed for him because they went up. Uh, and I've always said, I, I've always advocated, you know, the, these, guys, some, these guys, some of them, they just know mm. how, to, how to do it, how to get it done and how to get promoted. Because football doesn't change that much, does no, it? No, not you know, really. All these people learn no. about football at university and get their spreadsheets out, and Neil Warnock goes, just get it in the box, pal. Yeah, it, it, it is that. It is that. You know, you, you get you get the round pegs in the round holes, uh, and you you play a certain way, and you, you're you just more effective than everyone. It doesn't mean you've got better players than everyone. You're just more effective. I think Neil will do... We can't do any worse. And I feel for Jonathan, because I like him. Yeah. He's a nice guy. But, you know... Gibson has he's tried it with Pulis, thinking right, let's just get this done and dusted. Pulis knows how to get us up. He couldn't do it. He tried to be loyal to to Woodgate, and he brought in a lot of my friends as well underneath him, Jonathan, who who um, you know guys like Tony McMahon, who are all Middlesbrough yeah. lads. Um, it didn't work, and now he's gone right. Do you know what? We need someone who really does actually know this league inside out. I think what what does Warnock have them? the record amount of promotions from the championship, yep. I think it is. So you can't say it's a bad appointment. Yes. Neil is what he is. Steve know? Gibson is is like a, a DJ at a wedding who has tried playing all the new techno yeah, exactly. tunes, mm. all of the other things, and eventually he says, anyone got Dancing Queen in their bag? Yeah, yeah there you go. On we'll get queen. everyone on the dance. There you go. Neil yeah. Warnock is the Dancing Queen of managers. That's very true. And, and the thing yeah. is with Neil Warnock as well, why I love him in, in one way, is that some people go bald from the front, <laughs> Some people go bald from the back, but he's actually gone bald from the side, which is phenomenal. Oh, it's impressive. No yes. one, no one else in history has done it. I don't know how he's, he's like done it. Something out of the name of the rose. He's, he's to- it's an amazing tonsure, isn't it? Amazing. Tom, who's your who's your hero of the week? Uh, now this is going to be weird because it's been we've talked a lot about combat a lot in this uh, show today about Mitrovic yeah. uh, taking somebody out and uh, Dave Kitson getting very combative about Ryan Fraser. You know we've loved all that, uh, and so you'd think it would be a kind of sweetness and light kind of thing. But my hero of the week is Jordan Garrick. Now. Jordan Garrick is a Swansea player, and he's not a player I knew a great deal about until around about 5pm on Saturday. Now, there was a great viral video doing the rounds on Saturday of this brawl that happened in the Swansea City-Luton Town game, and it was classic old-fashioned blood-and-thunder football. There's a big tackle, another tackle, he goes down, (laughs) take him out, he's got him, you go get him, he's up. There was like nine yellows in ten seconds. It's a phenomenal, (laughs) phenomenal video. And then there's a bit of like pushing and pulling about, right? And then what happens is something that never happens in football is that Jordan Garrick, who I believe had just come on, Jordan Garrick aimed an actual punch. A proper punch. An actual jabbing punch. I think it was at James Collins, who'd scored the goal for Luton uh, about 10 minutes beforehand. And he'd obviously been given, you know, you know what James Collins is like. He's given the defenders a tough day all day, right? And so he's aimed a proper jab at him. And he got sent off for it, rightly so. You don't punch people. I I understand all that. You don't raise your hands, all that sort of stuff. 
But it got me thinking about a time in football where it was like Franny Lee and Norman Hunter would sort their issues out with a proper windmilling in kind of punch-up. And I've always advocated for this. We've made football very, very PG, if not you. It's all about making it role models for the 13-year-olds yeah, and below these days. I agree, yeah. And that's not what football was. It was about a bunch of geese with moustaches and big sideburns supping a pint of mild and going down to football on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I've always advocated for this, the ice hockey rule. So we should have it in football where if something happens, we don't have like a couple of players, you know, Lehman and Drogba, push you, you go down, I'll get up, you go down. There should be a moratorium for 10 seconds, like the purge. Mm. We should have a 20-second purge from the referee's whistle where these two guys, Jordan Garrick and James Collins, can scrap it out, Hunter and Franny style, and then it's like, right, 20 seconds up, and then we all just, you know, we go back to normal lives again. That would be a wonderful thing for football if we could just have an accepted 20-second punch-up. And so Jordan Garrick, for making me think of that, is my hero of the week. Well, I, I, you know, and you've, I've enjoyed that kind of flight of fancy, but but is it so fanciful now in terms of pugilism and fisticuffs, given that we now that, know that professional boxing is coming back in the Hearn family's garden in Essex? <laughs> I mean, all things are possible, aren't they? Alexander Mitrovic is listening to this thing saying, yes, I've still got a chance through the back door here. <laughs> David, why don't, you, why don't you finish the show for us? I mean, you made it, you've almost finished it from the very start, but why don't you finish it in actuality for us by giving us your hero of the week? Well, unsurprisingly, it's, uh, it's a little out there. But my hero is Nigel Pearson. And what? Let, let me explain. Okay, <laughs> let me explain. Right. I like those people in the game who dispel cliches, you know, just dispense with them, just get rid of them. And Nigel Pearson, this, this rubbish that I've heard, he's been there and done it. He knows how to get results. I I could go on. There's a million Mm -hmm. cliches for Nigel Pearson and Watford at this moment in time. Mm. The record at the moment reads lost to palace one nil drew a Leicester one, one lost to Burnley one nil and lost today to Southampton, 3-1. Who have they got next? Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Been there and done it as Nigel. Hey, he started the great <laughs> escape for Leicester, didn't you hear? I, apparently I've heard... He yeah. got the last medal on the title win the following year. No, apparently it was all him. Yeah. And I just... I, I, I've always had a little bee in my bonnet with Nigel. Just so people can know, could you name me one football manager from the recent... In the last 20 years, who you actually do admire? Steve Koppel. Thank you very much. That's I just wanted to make absolutely... Is that in the last 20 years? Oh, that's close. That's going to be close. When I picked Neil Warnock, I thought you've got no chance here, Dan. He's almost universally despised. I think I'm making favourite now as we go into the last <laughs> few minutes of the show because the choice is between Nigel Pearson for proving himself uh, no good at the game, hero <laughs> no, no, of the no, week. Dispelling, no, no, no. No, no, no. Dispelling cliches. Yes, by being All right. bad. Okay. Um, Gordon Garrick for lamping somebody on a football field. <laughs> and Neil Warren coming back and once again displaying his unbelievable acumen, um, five up front, let's get it forward, lads, at, at, at football in the championship. Mm. Um, Tom, uh, I'm going to start with you. you. That is your meagre choice for Hero <laughs> of the Week. Pick one. <laughs> I, I've got to say, just because it made me YouTube the Franny Lee Norman Hunter punch-up, uh, which is one mm-hmm. of my favourite videos of all time, I'm sticking with Jordan Garrick. God bless him for it. And he gets a, like, 10-game ban for it. And he'll never probably play for Swansea again. But uh, it made me laugh. And so he's yeah, my hero of the week. 
Uh, and and in, in a weekend, or as you say, when some of the football's pretty drab, a laugh is as good as anything. Um, David, do you want to pick one of those three things? Nigel well, Pearson, Gordon Garrick or Neil Warnock? I never would have thought of this unless Tom had brought it up, obviously. But you, you do hark back to an age where it's clearly wrong, but there's something quite rose-tinted yeah. about it. Billy Bremner... Uh, and Kevin Keegan having a scrap, throwing their shirts down, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. And they met afterwards for a nice pint of mild. For a nice pint. And if I might finish with uh, my recollection of mild, when people in pubs half a century ago used to drink mild, no, it wasn't as long ago, 40 years ago, used to drink mild <laughs> and bitter, was because the mild came in a bottle. And so they would pour out, the, the, the bar would pour out half the bottle of mild and then put in half a pint of bitter on top. Oh. And of course the... The gnarly old men who used to drink this mild and bitter concoction would then hand, fill it up, mate. So they were getting a pint and a quarter for every pint of beer that they actually paid Very for. Very nice. And that was the only reason I think that people went Very for Garrick. mild. Yeah. Listen, it's been an extraordinary show. Uh, thank you both very much. Tom Rennie there, a regular. And of course, uh, no doubt he'll be back here, if not next week, and certainly the week after. And making his debut, it's uh, such a, well, I, I, some extraordinary views on the game now, I'm happy to say. I'll I'm see you in a couple of years. Work. No, very good. Dave Kitson, thank you very much indeed. But most of all, thank you all very much for listening to another edition of the podcast. We'll be going on right through to the end of this extraordinary season. You can download, as I say, from all of the good outlets. Just look for the word um, game day uh, in the network. And of course, you've already done that. Of course you have. So thanks to Dave. Thanks to Tom. God bless you all. Cheers for now. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org T's and C's apply Hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.